If you wanna learn how the other half lives To a world of facts and fibs and fairy tales With a fail, talk about her you nailed Oh girl, just exhale This is facts, fibs and fairy tales Yeah <sighs> Girl Deep sigh <laughs> <laughs> You do it, I feel like I've done the intro the last few times Okay are you ready? I'm ready. You was, look ready. I was about to go and then you interrupted me. That's kind of the fun. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Facts, Fibs, and Fairy Tales. I am your fibbing fairy, Kayla Vickers, and with me as always... Is a factual fairy, <laughs> Matt Sweet, Yay. who almost forgot his own name. You you do that quite frequently. Yeah. I yeah. do drugs. I do drugs. You're not doing them now, bitch. I know. Well, let me get started. <laughs> Is alcohol a drug? Would you consider it a drug? Absolutely. Okay. How is it not? I guess it is. It just doesn't like, it doesn't feel like it to me. It feels like it should have mm. a different classification. Right. Like I get that it's a mind altering thing. It's te- like caffeine is a drug. Like yeah. we get it. They're all drugs. They're all drugs, but it just <laughs> feels like liquids should have a different category or something. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Oh. It feels wrong. Right. It feels wrong. That Smokables, drinkables, edibles, all different classifications. Ye- well, no. Snortables, I guess, would have to be their own. Like hard drugs and like weed and psychedelics can be like the, their drugs. <laughs> okay, that's And then drugs. alcohol and caffeine, I'm like, this is like some weak sauce. Like what the fuck? Are we still calling this drugs? I mean, I would argue that alcohol is pretty fucking destructive. Uh, alcohol is more, <laughs> more destructive than weed. I would agree. That's true. Yeah. I ju- it just feels, I guess because the, our culture, we're so used to alcohol, it doesn't yeah. feel like badass. That, like, if, you're, if your parents drink a couple drinks, it's not that weird. But if your parents yeah. smoke, you're like, oh, your parents are cool to smoke weed. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, I, I know what you mean. I, uh, I think I've been thinking a lot lately about how, how medicated as a society we are. Like, mm-hmm. the people who, like, can't go a day without coffee i can't go a day without pepsi like yeah yeah yeah. all of it kind of that reminds me of throughout my medication today i gotta it's okay i'll be fine (laughs) it it can be like 24 hour situation i take it it's fine okay good um anyway welcome to the show listeners uh (laughs) a little tangent for you just a little tangent kicking it off with a tangent um, ambush. Are you ready? Ambush. I'm ready. I'm excited about my questions. I'm I'm swinging blind today. I didn't I didn't Which write them down. Is weird because I listened to the last episode yeah. and you swore up and down. You're like, I'm gonna come up with some good fucking questions to ask you next time. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. So. Yeah. So are you ready for your first question? <laughs> uh, yeah. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go? No, first? we better. I better go while I can remember it. Okay. You know? Yeah. Um, Kayla. Matt. What was your favorite subject in school? History. And why? Uh, history, I feel like the, a couple of reasons. The history teachers were always like the coolest. Really? My history teachers were the coolest. Okay. They were just like kind of like these middle-aged nerdy dudes who like yeah. didn't take themselves too seriously and they like had a sense of humor about the whole, like they didn't take their jobs too seriously. They were like, I'm teaching... World War II for the hundredth time. I've got a real sense of humor about Nazis. Not about Nazis, but they were like, uh, they were like self-aware of like they were teaching World War II for the hundredth time for the hundredth class to these kids who like mostly don't care. Yeah. So they were like kind of like had fun with it and like, <laughs> and I had one particular teacher in high school. His name was Mr. Smith. Very identifiable. Oh my God. Mr. Watch Smith. out, Mr. Smith. This one's for you. <laughs> this one's for you. Um, and he was super cool and super funny and he'd always like turn things around on us and be like, one time he made us do this experiment where he like made us all get into groups and we were like, it was almost like the United Nations. We were like all different countries, <laughs> Okay. but instead he was like, all right, you have a population problem. Uh, you have to fix it here. Like here, like here are all your different options. Here's what you can do. And like, we all have mm. to come up with different things. And he was basically like, you are China in the 90s. You all killed all your people. Ooh. Cool. And, we and were now like, you oh. know. We were like, oh my God, you made <laughs> us like these awful people. We thought we were helping our country. And he's just like, no. Nah, you committed a whole ass genocide. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> most of us were just like, well, we're just going to like stop people from having babies. And he was like, yeah. Yeah, people they tried, mad they, about that. They tried that. It didn't go great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyways. Huh. History- I had a similar... Uh, history teacher in high school uh who also had that like this is my 800th time energy yeah 
And that's kind of what made me love him because it was just like you'd go in and he didn't give a fuck whether you gave a shit or not. Totally. Like, if you're into it, we'll have a real conversation. If yeah. you're not, sit at the back and doodle. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm too old for this. I love that. Totally. Yeah. Same. Yeah, and I feel like history, I don't know, history's always been kind of one of my favorites because it, like, gives you mm. a good perspective on the world that you, like, don't otherwise have. Especially so. if you're in a small-ass town. Especially, yeah, for me and you, like, we're in small towns. Yeah. Like, I wanted to learn about, like, other things that Anywhere happened. else. Anywhere else. <laughs> Anywhere else. Yeah, Linda down the road, don't give a fuck. Linda down the road. And just, yeah, how people live their lives in other places that aren't, like, white Anglo-Saxon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, That's cute. That's answer. What's your question? A question for you. Uh, what would be the theme song of your life? <laughs> Coming up swinging. Um, 1,000 Miles, Vanessa Carlton. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say Rumors by Lizzo. Um, no, that's more like a featured song during the up moments, but okay. like the intro to the show. Is it 1,000 Miles? Yeah, Why? Vanessa Carlton. Um, because... I don't know. Anyone who knows me and the way that I tell stories about my life, when someone says, hey, how are you? I always have like six terrible things that are going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. It's like there's As someone always who's your something. friend. Yeah. And like part of it is because, you know, a story without any conflict is not that interesting. Mm -hmm. But also that's kind of what it's like. It's just like this life is this endless fucking slog and it's a thousand miles. You know, you just yeah. keep going. I mean... Making my way downtown. Her song is more about going a thousand miles to be with the person she loves. Yeah, well, for me, it's about self-love, babe. Okay, all right. Self-love and self-care. Hashtag self-love. <laughs> all right, I accept this answer. Good. Yeah. Uh, Kayla. Yes? When did you lose your virginity? Mm. And how'd that go? Not great. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was pretty young. I was like 15. Oh, wow. Yeah, which I was like not ready at the time. I like thought I was. But sure. We all think we're... We all think we are. Um, it was with this guy from my high school who was like a year... It's like not a good story. It's like very very traumatic. So you get to get into my childhood trauma now. Hooray! Yeah. Coming um, out swinging. <laughs> coming out swinging. So... He was a couple of years older than me, and, like, we hung out with your mutual friends, and then we'd hung out, like, a handful of times, and he asked me over one night, and I, like, snuck out, told my mom that I was going to my friend's place. As you would. As you would, and I went over, and we had sex, and the sex itself was, like, very underwhelming. Like, <laughs> I was just kind of like, was that it? Like, it did, I didn't really, like... Didn't you put the worm in my cave, and that's you, it? Yeah, it was, like, didn't last very long, obviously. Yeah. He was, like... I don't know. Was it his first time? No, it wasn't his first time, but I don't know. It was probably his, like, second time. Probably. <laughs> he was, like, 16 or 17, and I was 15, so it mm. was, like, we weren't, neither of us were very experienced, but yeah. I was, like, kind of like, okay, that was sex. Um, and the next morning, his family, like, got back from church earlier than they were supposed to, so I had to, like, sneak out the house. <laughs> and so, like, I had to go out the, like, no, I had to go out the front door because they were coming in the back door. Um, and I run away, whatever. And I was like, oh, that was weird. Like, didn't think much about it. And then for the next, the next like week, this man like full on ghosts me. Sure. Like will not talk to me, ignores me. We love. We love. And I'm like 15 very, and I wasn't even that into him, but I'm just like very hurt, obviously. I that gave you my flower. I gave you my flower. What is this? <laughs> um, and then on, it was like Valentine's day that week after. And I was like. Not ex didn't expect anything from him, but I was sure. like, I it, it would just be nice if you would talk to me. The fact that it's Valentine's Day just like makes it feel worse for some reason. Yeah. And then um, I went to this party and got really drunk and told everyone about it. <laughs> and then everyone knew. And like the next day at school, not the next day, it would have been the Monday at school. This guy comes up to me, this like funny guy in like the twelfth grade. He's talking to me for he like comes up we're like friendly right and he just goes so heard you got the old fucking chuck <laughs> <laughs> and i am like mortified i'm like in the hall everyone can hear and i'm yeah. just like uh um well <laughs> i don't even i think i blocked out i don't remember what happened right. after that and uh and then yeah and then i didn't think about it for, until years later i had like 
I had like no whatever. I got I was like over it. I was like that guy's obviously an idiot. I don't care. Mm. Bad way to lose your virginity, but like there are worse ways. Sure. You know. Also, are there good ways? There yeah, there aren't very many good ways. So then like <laughs> years later, I'm like in college, but I'm home for Thanksgiving. And I run into one of his friends in a shopper's drug mart. And I'm in the baby section because I'm just wandering the aisles waiting for my birth control. <laughs> and he's like, so, like, do you have a baby now? And I'm like, oh, 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 God. No, 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 no. I, I'm just wandering, whatever. And he goes, yeah, I know I'm you. I'm in the market for a soother, but it's for me. Yeah, it's for me. No big deal. <laughs> and then he brings up, he's like, you know, I know you, like, things with you and, like, what's his name? Like, Denem very well, but, like... I thought we were cool, and I was like, "What, you, what is going on right what now?" Is what is I haven't talked place? to you in years. Yeah, huh. that was a lot. It was a lot. <laughs> it was it was very yeah very traumatic at the time. I remember I couldn't tell my mom because like I lied about going out, so like oh I didn't know you didn't how want to, to get like, caught in the lie. Caught in the lie, and she, I was just like, "Do so you have that kind of relationship with your mom where you would talk about that?" Mm-hmm. Yes and no. Like, my mom was always super open about sex, Mm. and, like, we talked about it, but she also, I don't know, like, we, like, we, she went, she's not, she wasn't always super receptive when it was, like, came to something that happened to us personally. Gotcha. Like, she would be, we talked, she would, like, joke and be like, do you guys have any blowjobs yet? (laughs) Ha ha, at the dinner table. Like, she's ah! funny, like, super open about sex. Like, I knew everything, so I felt like, now I, like, credit my mom as to why I'm so comfortable talking about sex. Right. But if I was to tell her, like, oh, yeah, I lost my Yeah, identity, I did whatever. give a blowjob the And other she day. would kind of be like, what? Like, you're too, you're too young for that. Let's go put you on birth control. Right. So. Okay. Yes. Great answer. Yeah, that was my long answer to your question. <laughs> All right, this is a doozy. Yeah. You're going to have to think hard about this one. Oh, God. What has been your favorite memory this year? My favorite memory this 2021. year. 2021. 2021. We're nearing the end. We sure are. Hmm. Do you know what? Um, on Labor Day weekend, I went on a... Many day trip through Algonquin Park, portaging and shit, and it was brutal uh, because my friend who planned it, uh, he's a lying monster and <laughs> says, yeah, it's going to be totally cute, totally cool. And yet every day is like 36 kilometers of portaging. So it's mm-hmm. just like fucking brutal shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it is, it is as much as it's misery what's <laughs> yep. happening. When you finally get to the campsite and you like get everything sorted and then you just have some time to just like exist, mm-hmm. it's beautiful and it's like truly um, some of the sort of most reflective, peaceful times is when you you get to experience that. And there, I think it was our, it might have been our last day. I think it was our last day, last or second last day. Um, we were on this campsite on a lake called Queer Lake, which of course, Ooh, I love that. very on brand for a bunch of gays in the woods. Totally. Um, and it was just like, it was really special, like, because the, the rain and shittiness of the weather kind of always happened during the day when you're like dragging shit around through the woods. Naturally. And then by the time we would get to our campsite, it would just like open up and be like these majestic sunsets. Ooh. Um, and on Queer Lake, there there was just a moment where I was like sitting on a rock, watching the sunset. There was a cute little breeze, and mm-hmm. it was truly. It was just like a, a moment of full peace. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in a year where you know leaving your apartment gives you anxiety, <laughs> being able to sort of take that off. For a little while and just be like, I'm in the fucking woods with these people. If I if they got COVID, I got COVID and we'll fucking figure it out. Mm-hmm. But you kind of, you let go of all that sort of anxiety that, like, I think, I don't even think you really realize is building up. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's, this is a really heavy time to exist 100%. in. 100%. And, like, I know we talk about it and, it you know, we acknowledge that it's heavy, but I, I it, we're kind of at a weird part of it now where it's like, okay, but we're all used to it. It's like, that doesn't mean it's not 
heavy. No, I like, I said to my roommate once, I was like, I feel so traumatized from the last year and from what like COVID has taken from us, like what it's done to us. And he like couldn't understand because I think he just has been living day to day Mm. and like is able to do that, has like an ample serotonin (laughs) amount, like, He's got that good serotonin. He's got that good serotonin where he's just happy naturally. Uh, so for fuck him, that guy. I know. He's a really good guy. He's a really nice guy. But yeah, he was just like, I do not feel that way. And I was like, I feel like carry I feel like I'm carrying something some days yeah. with like everything that has Absolutely. gone on the last two years. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's not just COVID. It's like there's so much more. And it's like I don't know, it it it's it's just heavy. It's heavy, and like this moment of peace in the woods with the sunset, yeah, was just a really good reminder. And like I, you know, in my home, I have a west-facing view, which gives me that beautiful sunset every now and then when it's not fucking gray and gloomy like it is right now. I actually don't mind this weather. This bitch. Uh, <laughs> you don't live in an old Victorian house. You don't know what it's like. <laughs> I think you meant to say an old Victorian frat house. True. <laughs> <laughs> But one of the things I am trying to make space for, even if it's only for like 60 seconds, when there is that majestic sunset from my balcony, I try to like pull in that, that sense of, of wellness and weightlessness from that sunset moment in Algonquin Park because mm-hmm. that's available to us all the time. Totally. You know? And like the sunset here is what I use to try to trigger that to be like, yeah, this is heavy and this is hard, but for 60 seconds, you're safe, you're fine, you're wonderful. Just yeah. be. And you can just be like super grateful for everything yeah. that you do have. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I love that. That's great. Great answer. <sighs> I thought you were going to struggle with that because I, I would struggle with it too. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> greatest memory in that 2021. Time I smoked too much weed and had a great evening. <laughs> I, right? That's literally like what on my list. I don't know yeah. if it's the best one, but. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Um, well, this is where I struggle because I had two questions in my brain. I you never did. had a third one. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go wild on this one. Okay. Uh, Kayla. Yes. What is your fantasy car? <laughs> I wish listeners could see the face I'm making right now. Um, I don't care about cars. So you, you would drive literally anything. Yes. Like money's no object. You could get any car in the world and you're going to be like, I'll well, be like Honda a Ford, Civic. A let's Ford get Focus. It. Let's... Yeah, Ford Focus. Let's go. Like I do not care at all. Okay. Uh, in any way. In any way. Shape not or even form. like color. No. You've never... As long as it's not like an obnoxious color, but like any normal car color is fine. What's an obnoxious color? Like if it was like you know like when you see those like orange or like lime cars every once in a while, that's an obnoxious color. I mean, that's the car I would want. Right. Like, fully commit to being fully obnoxious. Fully commit. When I was younger, I used to really want um, a Volkswagen Beetle. Okay. Because I thought those were that's cute. Very, that's very on brand. That's very, like, I'm 12 and it's 2002. Yeah, and, like, I'm a cute Instagram girl, and I want to have cute Insta photos of me and my bug. Me and me and my little bug, yeah. yeah. But uh, but now I don't care. At all. I don't, it, I don't, at all. And I don't drive, and I don't have to drive, because <laughs> I live in a city and I take the fucking subway. But you never, like, even, like... I have a fantasy car, and I live in the same city and have the exact same opinion. It's true, but I've just, like, never cared about driving. Crazy. Yeah. My boyfriend loves to drive, and he, like, drives everywhere, and I, like, never have to drive. (laughs) So I'm like, why would I? So your fantasy car is your boyfriend, then. My boyfriend, (laughs) who just, like, takes me places. That's ideal. I'm not mad about it. Yeah, it's pretty lit. I keep dating people who can't or don't drive. Yeah. And then... I don't, I like driving, but yeah. like, I don't want to be the driver. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he loves it. He mm. wants to be the driver. God. Like, even if I wanted to drive, he'd be like, no, I'm driving. That feels like toxic masculinity, but whatever. It, it's like a weird <laughs> thing that probably is, but the rest of him isn't. So I'm like willing to let that piece of it <laughs> exist. I'm like, right. you know what? You're a pretty good dude all around. Right. Well, and you get to control the playlist then. So. I get to control the playlist. He let, well, not always, but he, he lets me, like, we, we share. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I really don't have a fantasy car. Uh, that astounds me. But yeah. all right, I mean, live your truth. I feel like um, 
Yeah, I, I don't know. It's I was gonna say I was gonna say like some kind of like slick like Trans Am would be kind of cool <laughs> for like nostalgic reasons, but mm. I don't know. I feel like people use their cars as like little. I mean, we all do this all the time with like how we dress and like how we are, but yeah. like they're like cars. They're like, oh, I have like a Mini Cooper, or, like whatever, sure. like fancy car they have, and I'm like, go oh, fuck yourself. I'm a Tesla. Like, yeah, I have a, I'm a Tesla, <laughs> and I'm like, I literally because to me it doesn't involve a car is something you can just buy mm-hmm. and is like this piece of like your self worth or self identity. Okay. To pe- the people who buy them and care about them. Yeah. Whereas like. Other, like, fashion, to me, is, like, an example of something you would do. But, like, you don't actually need money to be fashionable. You can be creative. (sighs) You can be creative and you can, like, express yourself through the way you dress and, like, want to look nice. But with a car, it's, like, you have to, like, fucking ball out. You actually have to, like, have the money for it to be a status symbol for people to, like, respect you. Yeah. Whereas with fashion, you can kind of trick people because you're just like, you just know how to dress nice or you know how and to see, dress And see, I wish I had that magic trick fashion-wise. Right. I I want, I have a fantasy of what I want to look like. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I never have been able to execute what that is. You just gotta, like, I feel like baby steps. My boyfriend's been doing this recently where like he had like a, he was like a nerdy kid in high school. Hmm. And then he had like a glow up in his twenties and probably like late late twenties. He is, but like he was like I'll show you a photo from high school. He's like the scrawny little like glasses, like barely like he's hot, but like he's really like He's worked for it. He's really taken time to be like, I really like this jewelry. I really think Mm. hats are cool. I think this kind of shirt would be cool. Like I can see him sort of like finding it for himself for the first time Mm -hmm. and like working things out. And he's just like takes his time with it and was like having fun with it. Yeah. And I think that's the secret. If it's something that you don't feel like comes naturally to you, like I've just always been obsessed with fashion and always loved it. And you and always like... look good and it's disgusting <laughs> and I hate you. <laughs> but it's, but like, I've just always been obsessed with it. You were, yeah. you were reading the wheel of time and I was, like, I was reading Vogue. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. And P.S. listeners, wheel of time is incredible. It's on Amazon Prime. Watch it immediately. <laughs> It had one of the highest rated uh, premieres. The most watched The most watched, ever. that's what it yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I don't even remember what we were talking about. Well, it's the honest. idea of like fashion and, and uh, what were we talking about? Oh, cars. We got cars. that from cars. Well, cause, because yeah. I was think, I was saying like, <laughs> I don't like cars because they're shitty. Like I came from like a like lower income family where like a car was not a status symbol that you could like It was take. a tool. Yeah, it's a tool. You can't fake it with a, a car you have, but yeah. you can fake it with the way you dress and the way you present yourself and yeah. you speak to people. Like, that's what's gotten me. To Do you hear position. that, listeners? Life lessons. <laughs> Kayla Vickers. Everybody. That's what's gotten me to the position I am in life and right. to, like, do better than, like, my family has traditionally been able to do. Mm. And Because like, you read Vogue. Because I read Vogue. Thanks, Anna Wintour. Thanks, Anna Wintour. You're the best. Andrea what's your last Pally. question? My last question for you is... <laughs> And I think I've asked you something similar, but I've never asked you this way. Oh my God, repeating a question? That's very bad. Wow. Um, <laughs> what is the craziest or most daring thing you've ever done? Huh. I feel like you have asked similar questions. Yes. Not exactly in this way, but similar The craziest, questions. most daring thing. I think what I've asked you in the past, I've they've been through the context of like drugs or alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Where huh. I'm like, while you were drunk, while you were high, but like just in general. The craziest or most daring thing. Well, I mean, good thing this is a bottle episode because I feel like this is going to require context, but yeah. <laughs> here we well, go. Yeah. <laughs> bottle episode, baby. We don't have a guest, so <laughs> buckle up, listeners. Um, yeah, I would say probably the most, the, 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 the most daring thing that I've ever done is... When uh, I opened up a ballroom house in the city mm. uh, with my my friend Will, we opened the House of Nuance in the city. And for listeners who don't know anything about ballroom, uh, one go watch Paris is Burning, go watch Legendary, find the the things out there. They are available. It's not just Madonna's Vogue, but <laughs> basically, um, yeah, it was it was complicated. Like we did try really 
it kind of came out of this thing that was happening in the city at the time where there was the House of Monroe in Toronto and that was kind of it. Okay. In terms of like the real uh, uh, ballroom scene. And we tried with some other people who were not in the House of Monroe to get them to open up a chapter of a, another house, the House of Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically my friends and I kind of, <laughs> because we are aggressively white, yeah. Uh, we, you know, basically prepared this whole like business plan. Like we had a website, a logo. For House of Ninja? Yeah. A whole, like right. we had chapter rules. We had like a whole thing that was like, basically we took this stuff, we handed it to these people and we're like, look, we just need you to be the face of this house. Right. We will do all of the work, right. but you have to be the face because it should we're, not it should be not us. Be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in the end, you know, they, they ended up declining. Um, which is fine, you know, of course. Um, and we kind of left it there. But then a few months later, I was at a ball hosted by the House of Monroe where the judges panel was all House of Monroe. And the only people who won in every category was House the of House of Monroe. Yeah, yeah. And like, no shade on the House of Monroe. Like, I love them. Uh, at the time, the mother of the house, TKO, like, she's my good Judy. We love each other. Not that we see each other. Fuck you. I know you're not listening. But (laughs) But if you are. (laughs) But if you are, fuck you, bitch. I miss you. Um, Yeah, and so I was just at this ball where that happened, and I got so angry. And I called my friend Will, and I was like, you know what? I think think we just have to do this. Because at the time in the community, it was sort of like there was a lot of fear of being the first one to sort of stand up and be like, okay, there's House of Monroe, and also us. Gotcha. And... We were the wrong people to open a house because my friend Will and I, you know, were the, we were known as the white girls in the scene. Right. And we had only been in the scene for like 12 minutes, you know, like it it should not have been us. But I think by being willing to do that, and I think because we weren't so deeply invested in the, in the community, it it kind of allowed us to do that. Um. But yeah, it was it was truly uh, one of the most remarkable periods in my life was was when I was the mother of the house of, of nuance and being I mean, you able still are on Instagram, bitch. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, all of my kids have left the house because I'm a deadbeat mom and I'm a deadbeat. and my <laughs> and the father of the house moved uh, across the continent to get the fuck away from me. But yeah, yeah. sure, I'm still the mother of the house of, of nuance right. all by myself. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, the community, when we first had our first ball, the way they reacted was, honestly, they were so welcoming and loving and kind, and it was really, truly special. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like, it, it's, it's hard, and it's complicated, because we maybe worked overtime to try to avoid, you know, the this whole appropriation kind of thing. For sure. But we ran into... It was kind of like, it, sometimes it wasn't even our choice. Like, when we ended up being, you know, a two-page spread in the National Post, which is fucking incredible. For sure. When we were being interviewed by whoever was interviewing us, like, we were like, and here are the names of everyone in Toronto that you must speak to because this is not about us. Yeah. And then the article comes out and it's like, <laughs> everything is about us except for, oh, and also this person exists. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, and it's yeah. just like... You do you do your best and you're still yeah you're, you're still kind of failing and I, like that part hard. was always really hard but you know the community itself was always extremely welcoming and generous and kind with the house of nuance and I'm trying to get back out to balls now again mm-hmm. um, there's so I, many happening in the city they are and and it's it's so special it's such a great community and like I needed to take a little time off mostly because you know the house collapsed and all of our partners left and then all of the people I did it with left and mm-hmm. all the children left and then I was like, okay, I'm broke, poor, and I just can't, yeah. I can't do this thing anymore. For sure. Um, but I'm excited because it is, I'm feeling sort of more creative and more active in that kind of headspace now. So I'm hoping to go back to it and be more involved again, but probably not to the level that I was before. Yeah. I'm curious, how do you feel like that experience changed you? Like, how do you Mm. feel like it really made you evolve as a person? Oh, my God. In so many ways. Mm -hmm. Um, As a queer person, ballroom is 
the most magical place in the world because you get to explore any part of yourself that you want. Um, there's virtually a category for everything. Um, I was never really good. <laughs> I mean, I was, it was kind of a funny thing at the time I was known as like the bazaar of Toronto, but that's because I was the only girl that walked bizarre at the time. Oh, I see. I see. And bizarre is one of those categories, especially in this city where it's kind of like, <laughs> there's always about one. By the time the, the one gets tired and stops doing it, right. another appears. Gotcha. Um, there's just to be a little shady. There is one shit in the barroom community <laughs> who they <laughs> they have been spreading this idea that like, oh, I got scared off because other other bizarre girls showed up and they were better than me. And it's like and one, like, I got lazy. <laughs> one, sure, they were they were absolutely better than me, one hundred percent. But also, bitch, <laughs> I spent the money and the time, and I got tired. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm old, bitch. I'm nearly forty. I'm nearly forty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, it's it's this thing where you really do you can you you can choose what you want to explore, and so you know, as a joke, <laughs> every now and then I would throw myself on the on the floor or on the runway for like sex siren, mm-hmm. which like I am not a sexy person. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to be sexy. Uh, in fact, the one time I did it, it was in a church, <laughs> and I split my legs open, and the crotch of my jeans like popped, <laughs> just and like, and not like a cute little ooh, but like, whoosh, like my my pants were shredded, and I was wearing bright red underwear. It was a whole I'm thing. Obsessed. Yeah. Please tell me you won. I did not win. <laughs> uh, that's disappointing. Yeah. Because if I was a judge, I'd be like, I'm impressed by this one. Whatever this that one, is, I knew it. This one has chutzpah. <laughs> Yeah, and it's and so I think there it was that being able to explore that is really special. It was also kind of the culmination of I had been flirting with the idea of drag uh, in a several different formats, and then in the ballroom community, that's where I kind of really found a path to this idea of more gender fuck mm. and understanding that like that's what drag is for me personally, and yeah, the power that comes from that because you once you start developing entirely new identities you realize just how much every single day we decide who we are and we put that on and once you start sort of and RuPaul talks about this all the time this idea of like once you see behind the curtain of that you can't unsee it yeah and it is truly the most powerful thing in the world and I I think that's the huge credit I give to the barroom community is like one they gave me the space and (laughs) <laughs> inexplicably the respect <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. be able to do that um, but it was also just it was really really empowering and I think it also taught me a lot about about who I am um, because at the time I leveraged a lot of my performing arts uh, connections to develop these partnerships with mm-hmm. Harborfront Center and Buddies where we threw our sort of big balls and open doors for those community, that sort of arts side of Toronto, to kind of get this introduction to the ballroom community that has been here, was here, that they had no fucking clue about. Yeah. And seeing those communities come together and start to work together was really rewarding for me. Because, like, I'm not taking credit for what they did, but, like, right. I, I truly believe that those relationships would not have happened if the House of Nuance did not exist. And, and I think that's where I started understanding, oh... That's part of the magic of who I am. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's I have all of these different parts of my life and if you open the doors between them, it is truly magical what can come out of that. Absolutely. I really like what you said about, you know, like you decide you choose who you are every day and mm-hmm. like you get to decide that through these different like lenses or vessels and I think that is like RuPaul does talk, does talk about this in like other episode. He also talks about your inner saboteur. Hello. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it's like this really special thing that I people not in the queer community because I think people in the queer community or people who are marginalized have to wear so many different hats. Yeah. They just learn how to do it naturally. Yeah. Whereas if you're like a straight cis person, you just can exist in like your own 
what you think is your own skin and just who you think you're supposed to be. But because you've never looked behind the curtain. You've never looked behind the curtain. You don't know. You don't realize that you actually get to choose that and you get to like level up. And not that you you get to choose it, but that you are choosing it. Yes. You are choosing it every day. You're choosing it and like you're choosing it in different situations you're in. You're choosing it like Mm -hmm. in every aspect of your life. Yeah. Um, I just think that's so applicable, and I think a lot, like not enough people realize that like you can reinvent yourself every Any day. single day. Yeah, it exactly. It doesn't require like anything super insane, like super wild. It just requires a mindset change. Yeah. And then would be followed up by like I think people. Oh, I oh for me, I always picture like the like makeover montage in a movie. <laughs> makeover, 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 makeover. 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 Um, like the scene in Clueless where they make over Brittany Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> of course. That's one of my favorites. Um, so I always picture that, but like, I feel like that comes after you're like, all right, this is the person I am today. I'm waking up. I'm this. And then you like slowly start to lean into it and you're like, this is who I oh, am. Oh wait, now. I can actually, there are other parts I can add to this. And, it, and it's that. so yeah. nuanced. It can change all the time. You can decide to like, you're like, I don't really like this part of it. Like this, like aspect yeah. I'm taking that away and I'm adding something else yeah yeah and it's that constant evolution that I think is exciting yeah it's it's, it's interesting um my sister is kind of going I think starting to understand that a lot more recently okay. um, long story short my sister uh is the fixer of the family you know she's the elder sibling and so she's the one trying to like keep the people together mm-hmm. and i'm the person who's like ah actually no i will connect with you on my ah. schedule <laughs> i will connect with who i want when i want on yeah. my time are you and the middle child or are you the youngest sibling? youngest of two. Youngest. okay and what I think is interesting about my sister right now, and I'm so fucking excited about it, is that she's kind of just being like, actually, it's time for me to put myself first. Mm-hmm. And recognize that, you know, the relationships in my life that cause so much frustration for me are not not really about me. They're not my job to fix. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, if that person isn't going to be the person I need them to be or I want them to be, well then, okay, I can find that elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so fucking powerful. And I, mm-hmm. I like, I want everyone to be able to, to, to go through that. Cause it's, it's, I don't know. It's a, I, and like, just to be clear, like I'm not good at it. I'm not perfect at it, but it no is. one is, but it's like knowing that it exists and knowing that you yeah. do it. And you have to protect empowering. yourself first. Right. Yeah. There was a lovely TikTok I found recently, which was just like this, this sweetheart being like, what if? And hear me out on this. <laughs> what if you filled your cup first and then you can give away whatever overflows? Yeah. But your cup has to overflow first. Right. And I think that's part of this too. It's like, you know, we get so wrapped up in who we're supposed to be and who, what other people think of us that we spend our lives dedicated to them instead of ourselves, instead of really focusing on us, serving us first. And then giving away the extra. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all part of what this is all about. I don't know. It, I've kind of gone on a weird tangent here. But <laughs> I don't know. I think I, it's just, it's really, it's fascinating to me. And, and truly all of it comes back to me, to my experience in ballroom. Because mm-hmm. before I did ballroom, I, I thought I knew myself. Mm. And then I actually got to know myself. Right. And I love that. That's amazing. That I feel like, again, it's like getting you, that's the time you got to see behind the curtain and really like, um, live, like live in a, in a true sense, like live in a full sense. Well, and it's more, more than that even too, because of course it's a predominantly black and Latino subculture in Toronto. It's almost exclusively black. Um, and again, it's one of those things where like, as a white person, you're like, I understand. And then you go, you go hang out in that community like, oh, I have no, no I fucking yeah. clue. I have no clue. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and that was really eye-opening for me as well, is, is again, just doing away with the idea that I know. Yeah. Because I don't know. Yeah. I read something recently about, like, I forget what it was, but it was like, instead of being judgmental, like, try to be curious. 
mm-hmm. replacing yeah. that with like the judgment of like I already know I know like I know and like I already have thoughts about this I already have feelings mm-hmm. just instead to be like actually I'm interested as, into this new yeah. experience what if I like, don't what if I don't know what if like yeah. this like she's, she was just like how different would your life be if you were curious instead of judgmental which goes back to this idea of it's it's all simple choices. Yeah. It's just, you wake up, instead of being from a place of judgment, I'm going to ask a question today. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to always be the question asker. It means, like, for today, ask a question, learn a thing, maybe tomorrow go back to judgment. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's human nature. The thing I was yeah. reading was talking about how it's human nature to be judgmental. Yeah. You have to be. Well, you have to be. It saves your brain time. It yeah. already has made up decisions about things. And instead of, like, worrying about whether or not I can trust this new person, I, like, I know that they're not going to eat me or whatever it is. Like, <laughs> well, and, the, like, in our lizard brain. Do you worry brain, a lot about whether people are going to eat you, Kayla? Well, no, but my lizard brain does. My <laughs> lizard brain of, like, however long yeah. humans have been around is wandering all the time, thinks, like, something's going to kill me. If someone's going to eat me, <laughs> something is going to eat me. So I'm on edge and I have to prejudge everything in my life yeah. to not be on edge because I'm like, well, I've already, we know the, we know the situation here, Brian. It's cool. She's talking about not being on edge as she's pulling out her vape pen. It's a little clogged at the moment, but yes. I'm going to deal with this anxiety. I'm going to deal with this anxiety. Fresh take my medication. To, no, I'm joking. Oh dear God. But yes. Um, we've gone on a real tangent. Mm-hmm. We sure have. Because I... Wait. Was that the last question? That was the last question I asked you. Okay. Well, we're at 40 minutes. Love it. <laughs> that was the <laughs> longest ambush in the history of time. It's been a long um, ambush. Well, that's like... We'll meander to the end then, I guess. I'm curious for you. So, what has it been like for you in this last year doing facts, fibs, and fairy tales? What has it felt like? Have you enjoyed it? What is it? What have you liked? What have you not? It's a job interview. It's like, <laughs> it am is. I having my annual review right now? <laughs> <laughs> That's correct. Please align your answers with our leadership principles. With our leadership principles. <laughs> I don't think we outlined our leadership principles. <laughs> be high? I don't know. Be high. Be a little tipsy. Uh, tell sexy things. Yeah, no, it's been a really cool experience because I feel like it's like, it's this new platform that I've never had before to express myself Mm. um, and to like invite other people to express themselves as well. Like uh, friends I have and like make those connections with people or make stronger connections with people that I wouldn't have had before. It's an interesting opportunity to do that. eh? It is. Someone in your life you're like, you've got a cool story, but we don't know each other. Yeah. Like, you know, when Mikhail came on the show, like I'm not super close with her, but I learned a lot about her on that episode. And I was like, Oh, I totally like want to hang out with you now more now. Yeah. And I think that we will. And we've, like, <gasps> chatted since. Oh, man. OMG. Yeah. So, it's one of those... Building friendships. Building friendships. And even when Bella came on, we, like, chatted about her episode recently. I mean, her and I have been, like, good friends for a long time. Yeah. But still, it's, it's something that, like, it's something special that I feel like you only do... Like, I can't be... Not everyone in the world can be on the podcast. But... I mean, it would make your life easier. It would. If people would just sign up and be like, I want to be on your podcast. That was the fantasy when I first started the show. was like, oh yeah, like eventually people will be in my DMs begging to be on the show. Right. Uh, Not once. Hasn't happened. (laughs) Hasn't happened. Yeah, no, it hasn't happened to me either. Yeah. I'm always the asker. But but I I kind of don't mind. I actually also enjoyed that process of like making connections and being like, oh, do you know somebody who would like to be on the podcast? That's super awesome. I would love to have them on. Yeah. so, it, yeah, it's like this additional facet of my life now that plays into who I am that I've really sort of enjoyed to see, like, cool. how that's gone. Yeah. Have you got anyone in your DMs who's just, like, a super fan? Who you're, who's like, I don't want to be on the show, but, like, FYI, you're my favesies. No one on my, in my DMs, but people have told me individually. Where they're <gasps> like, oh, I really like your show. Like, it's really cool. That's I awesome. really like it. It's really funny. Like, I'll get different comments like that. And that's, like, super awesome. Mm-hmm. Because I, 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 when people ask me, I'm like, Matt and I literally just do it as, like, we're friends. <laughs> we have witty banter and, like, good um, a chemistry. That's what people say. People are like, you have such a chemistry with Matt. And I'm like, yeah, it's because we're friends. Because like, <laughs> we're friends. We've been friends. It's always been like that. That's how we became friends, I feel, was, yeah. like, from that chemistry. That's how you forced me into friendship. Well, I forced you into friendship initially by being on this podcast. So it's kind of a cool full circle thing for me. <laughs> To now yeah. be co-hosting yeah. with you um, and it having 
like I feel like it's an excuse to see each other and to catch up as well. Which as adults you need. As adults you need and yeah. it just makes our friendship better where I'm just like Matt's one of my like besties now. And oh my like, god, gay. What? Gay. That's gay of you. I know, so gay. I thought you said, oh my god, you're gay, and I was like, is this well. news? <laughs> kind of the whole show. <laughs> That's the whole point. Come on. But yeah, so, um, I forget what your last question just was, but yeah, no, I feel like it has definitely um, added. It's been a net positive. Net positive, 100%. <laughs> my mom listened to a bit of an episode. She listened to the whole thing because she, no, she loved it. Because my mom, my mom asked me about blowjobs. Yeah. My mom thinks my mom just thought it was funny. She was like, <laughs> and, uh, I, I have no idea what she listened to, like what episode. Yeah. I, I sent her the Podbean link, and I was so I'm so she just listened to the most recent, or maybe not. She's maybe, not a very maybe. tech savvy lady. She just scrolled down for a bit, not realizing what she was doing. Yeah. She probably ended up on one of the episodes where it's like me crying reading my book. <laughs> I really hope she did because she told me it was funny. <laughs> so imagine she'd be like, "Oh, so funny." <laughs> this gay. Yeesh. This gay. <laughs> Did I ever tell you that my mom told me that she thinks my life is like Will and Grace? Um, no, but like, it's not not. No, she's not wrong. It was just a hilarious observation. She was like, because you have so many gay friends. I'm like, I know, I know why you, she said it first. She was yeah. like, your life's like Will and Grace. And I was, I just stared at her and she's like, because the gay, the gays. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I'm aware. Thank you. <laughs> I have yeah, seen there were really groups. only there's really only one way that was gonna go, and it was because of the gays. What else could it mean? <laughs> yeah, right. What else could it mean? Possibly. Uh, amazing. Um, well, I just want to say thank you for you know bringing such cool people this year. Like it has been one. It's been very stress free for me, which mm-hmm. as you know, <laughs> if it's work, I'm out. Um, yeah. You know, well, I say stress-free, except for... Ugh. Except for I'm like, here's the booking, and you're like, oh, I have to put it in my calendar. I'm like, no, I'll do, I'll literally put it in your calendar yeah, for just you. Put it in my All calendar. you have to do is click yes. Yeah, but then I have to show up. Yeah. Oh, God. I know. Um, but no, it has, it's been really fascinating. I think you have managed to find such cool people that have been really dynamic and interesting and such different experiences so like thank you for that because yeah, it's course. been super cool mm-hmm. and i'm thrilled to have you yeah yeah no i'm thrilled that we, we get to do this and we get to like call it a podcast instead of just like us hanging out yeah because this would be what we were talking about anyway that's correct yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i will say there's one thing i learned uh in this especially this last series this year um oh now i'm, I'm struggling to remember the names oh it was sarah and it was the pair, the, they have a podcast. Oh, uh, Jared and Aaron. Nope. They have a podcast. Ladies. Oh, uh, Perseus and Sarah. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Perseus and Sarah. Um, I think it was Sarah specifically who kept calling their show a pod. Yes, the pod. And never. <laughs> we can never call this a we pod. It's not the pod. Yeah. That's like their show, they are very sweet and I love them. They can have a pod. We yeah. cannot have a pod. No. <laughs> It's, the, it's our it's the podcast it's a show it's a show it cannot be a pod I, no. just, I don't know what it is about it but like it, it just gives me immediate hives it's your elder <laughs> millennialness like coming out from the depths being like we will not be a pod that's correct yeah, yeah like I, I love abbreviating things but podcast cannot be abbreviated. you barely abbreviated abreves things <laughs> okay Come on. Well, I think that's a great place to end the show on. <laughs> well, we still are forgetting our final segment. Oh, my God. Well, I'm drunk now, so it's different. Well. Uh, do you want to take us into the final segment? I absolutely would love to because I'm a little drunk, but not that drunk. <laughs> so, in this very last episode of this season. Yeah. And um, the year. And the year. It's true. Yeah. We, won't be, we won't be doing this again until 2022. Yeah. Happy New Year! Happy New Year! <laughs> may may the New Year not bring us more contagious diseases. <sighs> Jesus Christ! Um, so we are on the darkest timeline, yes, obviously. That's correct. And it's literally gloomy up there today. Yeah. And uh, what Matt and I like to do is try not to think about that while talking about it nearly constantly. <laughs> and yeah, the way we correct. do that. <laughs> <laughs> is by thinking about talking about how we are going to bring some light, levity, and joy into yeah. our corner yeah. of the universe. Yeah. Because it's overwhelming and impossible to imagine how to bring it 
to everyone or how everyone could have it. Right. Um, this is the longest intro to this segment ever. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm feeling wordy. Very verbose. I'm feeling verbose. And uh, yeah, so in the next seven days, Matt. Yeah. How are you going to bring light, levity, and joy into your corner of the universe? <laughs> you can't say self-care. <laughs> you bitch. And... That's it. That's the only rule. Because we've said self-care a million times this season. That's, well, all year, really. All year, yeah. <laughs> really, self-care? Yeah. In yeah. the last season, earlier this year, we said self-care a lot, so, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. How am I going to light, levity, love next seven days? Um, it is a ridiculous time for me professionally. Um, there's... A million things happening uh, every day at work. I'm an event planner, and every day is like, oh, hey, I know you're really busy planning those 62 events, but here's 82 more. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's brutal. It's a brutal, brutal time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not an event planner, but as a project manager, it's very similar. Like, I know you're busy pro- like managing these all, all these all these projects. How about 82 more projects? Yeah. Yeah. So there's very, yeah. I feel like event planners and project managers have similar jobs. Yeah. I like to call it keep the plates spinning, you know? Like yeah. you just have to keep the plates spinning. Um, but there's there's too many plates. Oh, plates, girl. <laughs> it's a lot of plates. Anyway, um, so I am struggling uh, uh, just because I'm, I'm, all of my energy is being pulled out of me and going into my work, which is not how I like to live my life. I like to have clear, set boundaries. Um, but every now and then, it just is the way of the world, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think in the next seven days, actually, it's literally tonight, Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine who's in town from Montreal, we are going to go out dancing, I Ooh, think. Ooh, I haven't been out dancing, girl. Right? In a long time. I mean... Pre-pandy. Ex- same. Yeah. But I think... This is an excuse. I've been I've been almost going mm-hmm. for weeks now, but then I'm just like, yeah, but I can't, and I'm afraid. Yeah. But I think I think tonight's the night. I'm just gonna pull the bandaid off, and we're gonna go, and we're gonna wear some masks, and then halfway through the night, we're gonna forget that we have masks on, yeah. or take them off, and everyone's gonna have no masks, yeah. and I'm gonna make out with some boys, and what? it's gonna be great. <laughs> I love that. I'm super jealous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Great. Either we're going to do that or we're going to get drunk in his hotel room. Either way, I'm thrilled. Sounds great. <laughs> but either way, sounds great. Either way, sounds great. Yeah. yeah. Kayla, what about you? In the next seven days, how are you bringing light, levity, and joy to your corner of the universe? Um, that's an excellent question. It's almost like I should have prepared for it. Almost. I yeah. Because um, I talked for a long time there for you to prepare. You did. But I was focusing on you. Gross. Never do that. That's a terrible idea. Well, I, too late. Um, so this last week has been kind of like a bummer week for me. I don't mm. know why. I feel like sometimes just as, as a person who has depression, like you just have weeks where that are like not good ones. Oh, well, and this is the week where everyone's noticing how there's like two minutes of light in two the day. Two minutes of light. And like I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I live in like this old Victorian house that has like no windows and yeah. the windows that do exist are like on the side of the building. So I get no sunlight. <laughs> yeah, you get reflected light off of a brick wall. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> that's my sunlight. Um, and that's why you're so pale. And well, the pale <laughs> comes naturally. I was born this way, but it does not help that I do not right. see additional sunlight. Yeah. Think about the summer. I come over here and I would walk outside and like my skin wouldn't sizzle. I just yeah. would stay pale. Just <laughs> how I am. Hashtag stay pale. Hashtag stay pale. Hashtag wear sunscreen. Stay young forever, wear sunscreen. Um, so yeah, this week was kind of like a bummer for me. And then Friday, I kind of like arose and was out of my funk oh, all of a sudden. Okay, we love that. And I was just like, all right, I'm ready. I'm a work I'm a work boss. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. <laughs> I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. I'm a bitch. I'm a boss. And I shine like gloss. Yeah. What is the what is the third line? It's I'm a bitch, I'm a boss, and I shine like gloss. Oh dang. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah, that's the line of that. That's Boss Bitch by Doge Cat in case anyone wanted to look that song up. It's great. It's way better than my rendition. Um <laughs> So for me in the next seven days, it's just going to be like continue in this trend of like really Mm. feeling my oats and like harness that energy, harnessing it and bringing Mm. it into myself. It's not like self care. It's more like 
It's a, it's dangerously close. To it's self-care. dangerously close to self care, but it's like <laughs> there's nothing I'm doing that's like self care other than just like trying to harness the good energy mm. rather than like the dark energy of that's like lingering. That's like, don't you want to stay in your bed all day? It's like in uh, Big Mouth, the Depression Kitty. We love depression. I kitty. relate heavily to the depression kitty. She's just like, don't you want to stay in bed and eat ice cream? And I'm like, yes. Yes, yes I do. I fucking do. You are literally sitting on my ice cream sofa right yeah, now. Yeah, well. <laughs> That's where I do that. It looks great. Um, so yeah, so it's close to self-care, but it's, it's more like uh, self-therapizing myself. Okay. Um, and I'm going to self-regulating self-regulating yes when I saw my therapist I remember her being like you you're someone who really needs or not needs but like would benefit from learning how to self-regulate yeah um and I agreed with her and come on therapy come on therapy and I'm going to see her for the first time in half a year she was on maternity leave honestly rude so rude that she had kids of her own and is having her own life and she's a wonderful woman dare she so I'm going to see her for the first time on December 6th for our first session since March. Oh, dang. And a lot has changed in my life since March. A lot for a the lot better. A lot of positive. A lot of low. positive. You've had a killer year, bitch. I, I've i had some... The beginning of the year was some low, low, lows, mm. but there's been some high highs since then. Yeah. So I'm very grateful for that and very excited to talk to her. Oh, she's going to be so proud of you. Up. She's going to be proud, but I'm also like, I need to hash out some things from the fucked up startup I worked at and like how my brain is like, you're evil and bad all the time. So. Right. <laughs> Just to cap that off. Right. It can't all be good. It can't all be good. I got I gotta like dig up some shit, you know? <laughs> if I've learned if I've learned anything from going to therapy, it's like there's always more stuff there's more skeletons to dig up. If you want to. Well, but sometimes you have to. It's hard knowing when like which is which, right? But in my in my opinion and just in my past Sometimes, like, it's always better to dig up the skeleton and mm. to, like, greet it and to, like, or I don't want to use the skeleton analogy. I'm going to use the analogy that Brene Brown uses in which she talks about, like, going into the shame. Mm. And she's like, you don't live in the shame, but, like, you have to wade into it and you have to, like, stay there for a bit. And you have to deal with, like, all the things that are, like, keeping yeah. you there. And then you leave and then you don't, you don't stay, you don't live in it, but you have to go in there. You have to go in the swamp of shame. <laughs> she calls it that. She calls it a swamp. She's like, right. you have to go into that swamp or you're never, you're never going to figure it out. Yeah. So it, like, I firmly believe you have to keep going into the swamp to get out on the other side and to like be a happier and to be a more fulfilled person. Absolutely. Yeah. I think for me, it's just like when... You also have to know when it's not time to mm-hmm. go to the swamp of shame. Of you know course, Because I, mean? yeah. I think there's a lot of, there's this interesting thing where I think generationally, the, my generation, you know, the, the elder, the elder millennials. Oh God, we're running low on time, whatever. Too late, I've already begun. There is this <laughs> thing happening where it's like, yes, therapy, fucking go, go, go. Yeah. But it's like, once you get to a place of balance, maybe just fucking chill. Okay. Instead of being like, oh, I feel good. Let's get back at it. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I do think there is, you have to find that balance because what's happening now is there's lots of folks I know who are like, they just keep picking. They just keep picking at the mm. threads. And like, sometimes that's deeply necessary. Sure. You know, it's deeply necessary. But when we're like at the point where you're trying to unpack the trauma that has led to you, I don't know, getting bangs like we don't we don't need to do that yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) just get the bangs babe and it's fine yeah i think there's a bit of a there's a bit of a difference yeah right (laughs) there should be a bit of a distinction between like what is there's uh my friend's therapist at this it wasn't my therapist but it was you know there's lowercase t traumas and Mm. there's capital t capital t traumas yeah those are that's exactly it and they're both valid, mm-hmm. but we need to distinguish them for what they are. Yeah. And bangs, small t. Small t. <laughs> Childhood abuse, big t. Big t for sure. You know. So I think uh, I think just being able to categorize things is like very important. Yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. going to be someone who goes to therapy and like works, does that self work. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear the report back about your first session. I'm so excited to see She's her. She's going to be so proud. She is. She is. She's, there's but you of... fucked up 2021. You fucked it up. I fucked it up. Yeah. But yeah, no, she's she's uh she's gonna be proud. There's a lot of she's been with me for like three years. Mm-hmm. So she's like known me since I've been like the person who's like I'm never gonna be in a relationship. Yeah. They're for losers. Yeah. So the fact that I have a boyfriend, she's gonna like fall off her chair. So you're like what? And she's like, and it's the guy that you were like heartbroken over. Girl. Earlier. Hello. Okay. Yeah, she's gonna fall off her chair. Yeah, it's gonna be, it's gonna be great. All right. Well, amazing. Well, I guess on that note, let's say goodbye let's and get the fuck goodbye. out of here. Yeah. Um, happy, happy 2021. Happy 2021. Thank you guys so yeah. much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, we will continue posting on Instagram, which is... What do people say? Like, rate, subscribe. <laughs> like, like and subscribe. Uh, our Instagram is at facts, fibs, and fairy tales. Exactly like you see it on Spotify or on any of your podcasting platforms. Yeah. We'll see you there. We'll see you there. And we'll be back in a couple months. We'll be back in a couple months. I just, I'm tired and old and need a break. Yeah. We all, we're all, we all need a break, (laughs) Okay. On three, two, one, goodbye. Three, two, one. Bye-bye. Bye.